Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. Hey, Joe, what were your Thanksgiving traditions growing up? You know, I don't... uh... Man, I think about it. I don't know if we had a ton of traditions. We we had a lot of traditional things that we did. Like we always ate turkey. We always had mashed potatoes. Um, there was always a sweet potato casserole or dish or something that I I never got into that very much. Did you try I, it? Yeah, yeah, I I think so. But if I, it, I made it, would you try it? I will try just about anything that you make. Um, Strawberries? Nope. No, no, we're not going there again. Um, <laughs> so uh, traditions, I don't know if we had tra- traditions. We always, just, we got together with family and sometimes friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I was growing up, we spent about six years out in Oregon where we couldn't be with family, yeah. you know, and we were 2000 miles away from, you know, our family. And we gathered around with a bunch of people from the church that just be, kind of came family. It was really, as I think back about it, it was kind of a cool picture of the church that they were our family, yeah. really. And I, those were some great memories of uh, a lot of our a lot of these families that came had kids my age and we were good friends back then. But you know, I, you know, um, memories I, around Thanksgiving. I remember enjoy enjoying Thanksgiving a lot. I don't remember establishing a ton of traditions other than we ate a lot of Turkey, watched a lot of football and we're like with a typical family. Thanksgiving. Yeah. What about you? Well, I, I grew up going to my mom's side of the family, my grandparents' house and same thing, we would eat around 11. My aunt was always late, usually an hour or two. So I guess that's extremely late. That is like a tradition. <laughs> if she wasn't late, it was like broke Now, what tradition. would she say if she listens to this? Oh, she would agree. <laughs> she She'd would be like, agree. oh, yes, I w- I, I'm still late. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to listen to this podcast three weeks after we I, do it. Like, I do love it. my aunt, and she would totally agree she's, with that. Yep. She's and all sweet. my cousins. One I had three cousins. We all lined up in the same age. So I have a cousin my age. My brother has a cousin his age. And then my sister has a cousin her age. And so we all would get together at my grandparents' house. Yeah. And they had one big table we would sit together at and... Have Thanksgiving meal. We always brought something. My aunt would always bring the mashed potatoes. I don't remember what we brought, but um, we'd all hang out together, play games, and watch football, and stay there all day long. And for Thanksgiving tradition was pecan pie. My grandma has a great pecan pie recipe, so we would always have that. Like I said before, I don't like pumpkin pie, so it was there, but I did not We always had pumpkin pie with a big dab of Cool Whip on top of it. Oh, it was awesome. Well, my family would make fun of me because I would say, oh yeah, I love pecan pie, but I would eat the pie without the pecans. <laughs> I, like suck you, off even the... To this, even <laughs> to this day, you could make a pecan pie I without would, the pecans and I be really happy. I would suck off the goo off the pecans and put them on my plate and my dad would walk by and You eat do them. have some weird peculiarities. <laughs> like when I first met Kirsten, we were driving somewhere. And I had a Snickers candy bar in my car. <laughs> I just thought of this when you said that pecan thing. And I looked over at her and I don't even know if I got the words to describe it. She's eating. She'd bite the chocolate off the Snickers bar, spit out the chocolate in a cup just so she could eat the inside. And I'm like, you've it's, got to be kidding me. I have seen her do this so many times. And she said, I don't like chocolate. Now, back then, 
I didn't know if this relationship was going to go anywhere <laughs> because she didn't like chocolate. And I knew what a what a potential problem <laughs> that this could create. Even when we were just dating, it's I knew. It's true. I would peel the chocolate off of a Snickers bar and eat the middle of it because I preferred the middle of the <laughs> Snickers bar. And I, the chocolate was just in the way. <laughs> you know, you're not high maintenance. <laughs> However, back then I thought you were, I thought, man, this girl eats, she eats, she eats off the chocolate off. Who does that? I do remember going on a boat trip one time and this, this is when I knew we made the perfect couple. Someone took us out on the Columbia Gorge out in Oregon and they- Out on the Columbia River. Oh, sorry. Through the Columbia River Gorge. Anyway, if anybody wants to get technical. Details, details. Details. Um, they, They had brought on the boat with them chocolate covered strawberries and- Back then, I was like, eh, the chocolate's in the way. So I would peel the chocolate off, and then we all know that Joe doesn't like strawberry. So I'd peel the chocolate off, give him the chocolate, and I ate the strawberry. I knew we were a match made in heaven. It was at that moment. It- <laughs> we knew. We were engaged this, by then. This could go the distance. <laughs> this could go the distance. Yeah. No, I, I did have weird things like that. But pecan pie, I, I tolerate the pecans and the pecan pie now. But um, my my dad's not there. He he lives somewhere else. So rarely do we get to eat pecan pie together where I can share the pecans off of my pecan pie. I've always had good Thanksgivings with your family. They've introduced me to a lot of foods. Like your family introduced to me a deep fried turkey. And I've never had a deep fried turkey until your family did it. And let me just tell you, friends, if you've never had a deep fried turkey, it is... It is probably the food item that St. Peter greets you with <laughs> when you enter into heaven. And and the smell is so amazing. And Kirsten's family have these big injector needles. So the first time we ever did it, we you had You know a, that everybody can get that like at Walmart. I know, but you guys oh. have introduced me to Oh, okay. Well, I know, but but I'm like that's kind it of it was like a jalapeno that. butter oh, injection. Yeah. And this turkey went from normal size to twice as size. It was so pumped full of these this butter and then it got deep fried, which is you gotta be careful doing this. Listen, folks, and then you just stand like out there. You just stand out there and you just smell this turkey. And if you do it right, it's fall off the bone. Mm-hmm. It is so good. I'm 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 drooling about it, just thinking about it right here, right now, thinking about it. We've done it's, it many it's times. A very, it's not a super easy process because you have to have a deep fryer for a turkey and you have to have enough oil and you have to have the right place to do it. Cause they make YouTube videos for people who do not do it the right way or at the right place, but it is, it, it, it can be done really well and it's fast. Like usually you put a turkey in for several hours in your oven, but, uh, when you fry it, it's only like 45 minutes, depending on how much it weighs, of course, to fry a turkey. So it is a faster process, I guess. Yeah. I think one memory that really stands out that involves turkey was back with my family. This was just a couple of years ago, right after we moved to Bella Vista. Um, my brother and my sister and their families were all over. And and uh, my sister-in-law, Charity, who is married to my brother, um, she had this big, they had all, taken all the turkey from the oven and all the, the juice and grease and everything that collects at the bottom. She walked out. The drippings. My, the drippings. Walked out on my back deck. And dumped it over the side of my deck. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Char- Charity, what are you doing? And 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 she's like, is this not okay? I'm like, and I'm, it's like, you can't undump it. 
And we had a dog at the time um, um, named Casey, God rest his soul. Anyway, he, um, <laughs> if dogs have an afterlife, this one went to hell. All right. Oh, my okay. word. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm sure he's happy in his new home, wherever that is. Um, but Casey, <laughs> who was a handful, around took, in it. Went, went outside, went straight for that. Like a slip and slide. Went straight for that big puddle of turkey drippings and rolled through it. It took me days to get that off of Casey and, and out of our backyard. Oh, it was, and and for for the next week, every critter in Bella Vista visited my house and squirrels, raccoons, chickmunks, possums, fox, fox, skunks, everything, it was like a calling card. Like, come, turkey vultures, everything. They just, every time <laughs> I looked out the window. They for miles. Every time, day or night, look out the window, and there's a huddle of critters around that those turkey drippings. I don't I don't know. I bet you all these years later, there's still something there. I <laughs> I, was, I couldn't believe it. So every, every year, I'm like, Charity, don't dump that outside. <laughs> That's going to need to go in a jar. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I, I only have really great memories from thanksgiving and yeah we're looking forward to it. it'll be fun absolutely and Get of course family or friends friends giving and we always did the thing where we went around the table and said one thing that we're thankful for and yeah. we did i'm sure you did that too i think we've done that it always makes the kids a little uncomfortable but i know that like if you just prepare them and say hey we're going to talk about this make sure you have something well, that's meaningful is, and not like i'm thankful for you know, my teacher. I mean, I, I'm glad <laughs> What's you wrong are. With that? No, I'm just saying. Like, are you making fun of your nephews? No, <laughs> am I? <laughs> well, the problem is we don't start that until we're sitting around the food, and you I cannot know. sit there and look at the food and be as hungry as we are and have to be thankful. It should be an a, a post meal tradition. I think it should be. But, but maybe it makes everybody go faster. If my mom, when I remember this a couple of years ago, she put three little kernels of corn on everybody. It was dried corn, three kernels of corn on the plate. And so we had to say three things for each kernel of corn. I, my mom's, my mom's kind of creative. <laughs> so instead of just saying, Hey, what are three things you're thankful for? She's like, okay, everybody has three kernels of corn and you need to say something you're thankful for, for each kernel. <laughs> So. That must have been before my time. It wasn't when you were a kid or something. <laughs> I thought it was just a few years ago. But of course, no matter what your Thanksgiving traditions are, just remember what Thanksgiving is all about. You're to get together and you're to thank God and be very grateful for the year that you just had, all mm-hmm. of his provisions, all of his generosity. I don't care who you are. You can always find something to be grateful to God for. So Exodus, we're doing Passover part two, and this has been just a great series. It really has. And I think so many people have learned some incredible information, but Passover part two. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with this series. In fact, you know, when I look back at all the preaching that I've done over the last couple of decades, there's a couple series that stand out. I think this is going to be one of yeah. those. Um, of you course, be I'm, proud. I'm, I'm it's not a lot of work used to do a new series like this. It is, and this isn't like just a quick four part series. No. I mean, this this is an involved series, and you know this this feels very much like our origin series last year. Well, I was going to say this is going to take us into like 2023. This is like not a short series. No, it's not a short series at all. But I have loved it, and of course, I don't know if if this is a sweet spot of mine or not. But I just 
I just love this kind of preaching, going through a book of the Bible, just really pulling out all the different truths and how it relates to us. And, and of course, I mean, it's Exodus. Come on. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, just read it. It's, uh, it is fascinating, Exciting. even without commentary, even without elaborating, even without, you know, building a Sunday service around it. I mean, it's just all by itself. This is why they make movies out of this story. I was going to just say, they make movies about this stuff. I mean, the book of Exodus is awesome. But yeah, we are talking about the Passover and we, we've slowed down just a little bit to spend mm-hmm. some more time with some of these very important details, like, you know, about how the Passover lamb is a picture of Jesus and the blood applied to the door frames is, you know, it's a, it's a parallel story of Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood. And, you know, uh, this week talking about, I, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but you know, that aspect where the Passover meal that they shared together wasn't just a remembrance. I mean, it was, and they were supposed to, re- the Jews were supposed to remember this for here on out the deliverance, but I, I love the fact that the Lord always intended for the Passover to be a teaching moment for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what a, what a powerful, like uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 24. Let me just read it to you. It says, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. So this, this, all these instructions about mm-hmm. the Passover, why we're doing it. Um, you know, all the teachings about, you know, the, the leavened bread and all that, the, the unleavened bread, all right. that stuff, all that together teach it to your descendants. And this says in verse 25, when you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. So this night of the 10th plague, these things that they do becomes a ceremony that they're to observe every year. And this is in verse 26. And when your children ask you, so there's like this built-in anticipation. There's this built-in part of this meal. When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? So it's like parents be ready, mm-hmm. be ready for this conversation. And God is giving you the perfect opportunity to do something. Right. So when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, <laughs> don't you love this? The Lord gives you the script. Okay. This is what I want you to tell your kids. It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. Isn't that awesome? I mean, um, we, we see this multiple places in the old Testament where like in Deuteronomy six, where it says, teach these things to your, to your children, Mm -hmm. talk about them when you get up and when you lie down, Mm -hmm. you know, put them on your forehead and on Mm -hmm. your hands, Mm -hmm. you know, um, impress them on your children. And the Lord has given these moments that are built into our lives where we can use them to talk to our kids. And this is a a huge one uh, that has served the Israelites all throughout the old Testament. And even today, the Jews today at their Passover, they take this moment to teach their kids about this great act of deliverance for the Lord. And, and I, I just wonder, you know, something that's heavy on me and something, you know, Kirsten, you and I talk about often have for years right. is how are we going to teach our kids about the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't want to be those parents that just beat our kids over the head with it all the time and just shove it down their throats. You know, well. sometimes we, I'm sure our boys could accuse us of that. <laughs> well. We want our kids to have their own faith. We want mm-hmm. them to own it. You know, there, there was, a, have to. there was a point in my life that um, I you know, I had to own my faith. I couldn't just ride the coattails of my parents any mm-hmm. longer. It had to be mine. I had to choose Jesus for myself. And and there comes a point where 
nobody can give the excuse of, well, it's what my parents believed. It's what I believe. No, 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 that doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. You have to own it. You have to believe it. And, um, you know, one of the questions that I have and is what are you doing intentionally to teach your kids about the Lord? What right. would you say, Kirsten, if somebody asked you, hey, Kirsten, what are, what are you doing to intentionally teach your kids about the Lord? How would you answer that question? Well, I know one of the things that we did to um, with our boys, we had a Bible time with our kids as, I mean, I mean... Neil was so young oh, when we man. would just have early, early. time to sit down on the floor and read to him. But specifically when we got a, a Bible called the Action Bible, we've talked about it before. Yeah, it's in previous show notes. And yeah. uh, we we would lay down in the living room floor and just open up the pages <laughs> there and start reading them stories. And it was something that they wanted to see and look at, but it was something that we could t- read to them and then talk to them about. And I know that they know some of these Bible stories yeah. and these uh, this application because of that specific time that we had with them, just what we would yeah. call Bible time. I we didn't do everything right, and there's there's thing. I think every parent can say this, like, man, I wish I'd have done this differently, or I wish I could have done more of that. I honestly, I I know we didn't do everything right, but I can tell you the Bible times that we did mm-hmm. when they were young, we got that right. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded um, of that picture. I just, this just came to my mind where I'm laying on the floor and Neil and Brock are very young and mm-hmm. we were house sitting your parents' dog. And <laughs> do you remember this picture? I don't know. And we're, we're laying there and Rocky was the name of the dog. Now that mm-hmm. was a good dog. Rocky oh, yeah. was a good dog. Um, if I'm remembering that it's been years since I've, I, we're gonna have to hunt down this picture, but it's me and I believe the boys. And I think in that picture, I could have my pictures mixed up, but I think Rocky is in there at Bible time with us. <laughs> and he was teaching Rocky about Rocky's David and Goliath or whatever. <laughs> well, I think also we spent, I mean, and this might be something that, that you all do too, but we spent a lot of time in the evenings before bed, just talking to the boys about the Lord and just talking to them about their day and, and, um, and praying with them and just asking yeah. them what are some things that we can be praying about and who can we be praying about? Like, cause what's heavy on my heart is not necessarily what's heavy on their heart. And so, yes, what's heavy on their heart might be that, well, I stole a rock today at school from the rock garden and like, what, why would you do that? You know, just something that's so. Is that, are you telling ju- a story from your childhood? No. Were you it, it a was, rock stealer? <laughs> I think it's a story about Neil. No, when he our, was at school. Our but. kids came home with, got in trouble with. Um, um, can you please tell your son to stop telling everyone in his first grade class that Santa Claus is not real? I was like. <laughs> What? Wait, well, hold on a second. We need to clarify. You should probably turn the radio off if your uh, children are in the car. Way to go, Joe. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Hey, heads up. (laughs) Maybe we'll put a show note on here. This is not for children. No, he he did get in trouble for things like that. We won't repeat that just so that you, if you're in your car with your kids, aren't going, turn it off, turn it off. No, our kids, um, what's heavy on their heart is going to be different than what's heavy on our heart. And so we would sit at in the evenings on their bed and just talk to him about, you know, what, what is it that's going on in your life? Because their perspective of the day is very different than our perspective. Do you remember when we got that call from Neil's teacher? Was this a first grade teacher? Maybe this is when we lived in Kansas it's city. A good thing. Neil does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, something had happened at school and the teacher called us and, and Neil was a good kid. He didn't get in trouble very much, yeah. but, but I guess first grade was a rough year. Um, but 
Wasn't the it for you? It was first grade was a rough year for me too. I had missed the, the teacher woo. called us said, Yes, um, we want to talk to you about Neil. Something happened at school today. And she said one of his classmates reported him in the tattletale log. And I'm like, the what? I said, hold on right there. I do remember Start that. over. What? The tattletale log. And the teacher goes, yes, we do not allow children to tattletale um, to their, of their classmates to their teacher. They have to write it. We have a tattletale log. And I was like, well, there's your first problem. That's a smart that, teacher. Right there. That's your first problem. And you're just going to take some kid's word over? Oh, we got a little feisty. Yeah, get a phone call home from the tattletale log? <laughs> from the tattletale log? Well, Where's your evidence? Honestly, that's a smart teacher because if she ever has a kid who's like, um... So-and-so hit me. Hey, put that in the t- tattletale log. She doesn't have to listen to that all day. That's kind of that's kind of brilliant. You know? Oh, my but gosh. But no, we, we would spend time with them, praying with them, and making that a priority every single night. And I think also another thing was we've been a part of a church that's partnered with families and sent them with information on you know, having morning conversations, having dinner conversations, questions to ask your kids, um, verses yeah. to read and memorize and motions to go with those memory verses and, uh, and trying to just use those life applications, um, in everyday things, you know, that, yeah. um, I, I think some of the, I think the word, that you and I have tried to hover over, you know, us raising our boys was intentionality. Mm-hmm. Be very on purpose, and and because it doesn't happen on accident. No, and, and look for those teaching moments. So there were some things that were very important to us. We we feel like, and this is just you know our our thoughts on this. We feel like um, more is caught than taught. And I know that's a phrase that's not original with us, but I believe it to be true. These little boogers are watching you 24-7, and they hear a lot more than you think they hear, And uh, which is really funny because now our they team- They can't hear if you say, hey, please do the dishes, but huh? if you go, hey, huh? hey, honey, can I talk to you about something? And they're in the other room, they're like- What do you want to talk about? What are you going to talk to dad about? <laughs> <laughs> it is true. It is true. Like, you want them to do something like- uh, like, do I need to use sign language? Can you not hear? But you whisper something like, "I've." How many times we've heard Neil in the other room? I can still hear you. I can promise <laughs> you, though, if you guys all know Joe well enough. Joe does not whisper. And so Joe thinks he's whispering and he thinks that it's like safe. And I immediately refuse to listen to his whispers because I'm like, no, you're not whispering. Do not even say the next thing because he thinks the kids and we of course have older kids now, but I'm like, he thinks that they can't hear us. And I for sure know that as soon as he begins a whisper voice, the kids ears perk up and start listening to every word possible. So I'm like, nope, don't even just try and mouth it. And he can't even mouth something. He's like, okay. I'm like, nope, that's a whisper. (laughs) Nope. Start over. Um, so, So, well, I think intentionality. And so what I would encourage parents to do, you know, um, would be to just be very intentional. So what does that look like? I think you have to be intentional about going to church. Yeah. Faithfully attending church for sure. Yeah, if if I'm trying to remember the quote exactly, but I read it uh, the other day that um, um, if if church is optional for you, 
or not very important for you, then by the time your children can make their own decisions, it will be completely irrelevant. I mean, they, they, it, it's, and I'm not getting the exact quote together. The original one's a lot better than that, but be intentional, be in church because more is caught than taught. And what they're seeing in you, when you bring your kid, when you like make sure you're as a family is going to church or, or even if you're a single parent, maybe you only have your kids every other weekend, whatever, when they're with you, let them see somebody that's trying to live for the Lord and to, to set patterns and to make it important. And, and are they going to remember everything they learned at church? Well, no, mm, they're not. I right. I can't remember half the things I preach. And so, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, That's true. so, but you but know, that, Morris, routine, that routine, that being intentional with it's import- it. It's establishing have- patterns. And yep. that's like very intentional because they are picking up a lot more than what you think. Nothing blesses me more than when my children ask me questions about something I preach. Now, this is a unique situation. Mm-hmm. I'm the preacher of the church. My children don't have a choice. We, we never gave them the choice of going to church. But outside of that, though, other families just having a conversation like what I feel like it was a normal conversation for us to have at lunch yesterday about uh, the message and about what it would have been like for, you know, um, whatever your sermon was about. Having those conversations, that's real life for other people. But also being a part of the kids ministry, if you have kids, being a part of the youth ministry, if you have have students and um, being a part of serving, if you can serve, um, serve as a family. Model it for your children. That's where I, I think... I did not grow up in a preacher's home, so I feel like I was a little bit maybe normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's then, nothing normal about growing up in a preacher's home. But. More normal than Joe's you know, upbringing, but I had parents who did serve in the church, yeah. and I saw my dad served as yeah, an elder, and faithfully. he served in the worship team, and my mom you know, served in the children's ministry and, and um, VBS and stuff. And yeah, so, your mom was in charge of one of the biggest outreaches your church did yeah, every year. Yeah, for sure. A huge outreach that lasted like 25 years, but since my parents served... I grew up faithfully attending church, and then I also then was like, well, I, I, I'm old enough. I'd like to serve as well. So so I started serving in our church. I remember as a junior high or high school student singing on the worship team and then teaching preschool before I left for college in um, our Sunday school class and stuff. Yeah. So I think having that and, and knowing that and them seeing that, and then you know they want to turn right. around and also serve. And, the, and this is one of the things that I, I think about what went through with COVID and how that changed the whole landscape of church with this online church. Yeah. The, the, it's, there are many aspects of online worship that I love and mm-hmm. I'm, and I don't see it going away. No, I want it to be as best as it can. But at the same time, you know, we have taught the next generation that it's okay to not go to church. You can just experience it online. The, the byproduct, the, the fallout from that is, if I don't have to go to church, then I lose my Christian community. Mm-hmm. Um, when you lose your Christian community, you're far less likely to serve with your Christian community. You lose a piece of that. And well, that's why I think this intentionality of like, I can just go watch church. There's nothing required of me. And that's the danger with the, when I say danger, that's like maybe a, a um, where the pendulum swings too far the other way. Like, like it was great during COVID and it's great now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that, in my opinion, that if if you've got a church near you and, and it's a Bible-believing, healthy church, I don't think you should substitute that experience for an online experience. I think right. you need to get in, plugged into a church. Um, well, in serving the local church, um, I mean, honestly, 
Joe is the preacher, but Joe cannot make what happens on the weekends happen without hundreds of volunteers. No, yeah, and no so doubt. Hands it, down. it's no the doubt. responsibility of us as Christians to serve, to serve the local church, to serve right. local ministries. And and so if that doesn't happen and you're, you know, a Christ follower, it's our responsibility to step up and say, Okay, here yep. I am, Lord, what can I do? And and we need people to yep. serve in the nursery. And you're not serving you're not necessarily just holding babies because uh, there's a baby in the nursery. You're holding a baby because that mom hasn't had an hour yeah. the entire week to herself to go sit in church yeah. and worship uninterrupted and have that quiet time with God. And, and your so. kids will see you doing it. And yeah. so this whole idea more is caught than taught. And I would just say one of the most important things you'll ever do, the most important, is just to live out your faith in front of your children every single day. And even when you mess up, let them know. Yeah, I really... I'm, Own I Own it. I, I didn't live that out the way I should have, you know? Um, but, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, talk about it when you get up and when you lie down. So the mm-hmm. emphasis is like, you know, throughout the day, when you walk along the road, you know, like during the normal everyday activities of life. So Since find those moments. we don't walk along the road anymore, we're in a car, drive time. When you're in the car, turn the radio off and have a conversation. Yeah. You know, for us, you know, and again, this is not pat ourselves on the back. Like I said, I look back there's plenty of things I wish I'd done differently. But, but when you see those moments or you have these conversations, like when your children say, man, I'm really nervous about my test. Mm -hmm. What a great opportunity is like, let's, let's just pray about it right now. You're good Um, at that though, too. Let's let's pray about it. You know, um, for, for, for many years, all, most of the boys lives, um, they didn't go to bed without us at least praying together. Mm -hmm. Um, when we used to drive them to school now they drive themselves to school, but when we were taking them to school every day, um, we intentionally made the decision that before they got out of the car, we were going to pray together. Yeah. And, and it didn't matter if we were picking up their friends. I made their friends pray with us. <laughs> that like, even their, what, even their friends that, that didn't go to church anywhere or whatever. And I would pray for them yeah. and I would pray for their parents and we would pray. And this isn't a pat us on the back, but we tried to well, establish these patterns. And, and for, well, for yeah, them they, to be a, a person of good character at school and to be a friend to someone who might not have a friend. There's different, it doesn't have to be the same prayer every day. And it might be something that's again, something that's heavy on their heart that needs to be prayed about, but just, it does not have to be long. It doesn't have to be. No, our prayers were never logical. It just, Hey Lord, please be with our boys. Allow them to be a light in, in this dark world and allow them safety today, Lord, and protect them. Yeah. And if you're engaging your kids, you know that, Hey, you know, one's got a book report and it's got to be an oral book report. and They're scared to death to talk in front of their class. And you just pray for them, Lord, give, you know, give Brock the courage to, you know, to, to do this, this report in front of his classmate. Yeah. So what we try to do, um, is to just lit, to have this ongoing conversation with the Lord. You can talk to the Lord any time of the day. Um, it's not just at mealtime. It's not just before bed. It's not, you know, you can, you can have an ongoing conversation throughout the day with the Lord. He will hear your prayers. You can talk to him anytime and he will give you the strength. And, and so it's things like that. So we intentional with it, but here's the thing that I think a lot of parents struggle with. And I, I talk to a lot of families um, that feel this way, and maybe this maybe this is the church's fault. I'm not sure, but there is this idea that it's the church's responsibility to teach kids about Jesus. Hmm. And the reality is, 
that all throughout the Bible, never once is it the church's responsibility to teach your kids about Jesus. It's the parents' job. Right. It's it's the parents' job that if you are Christian parents, it's your responsibility. What the church is then is a wonderful family mm-hmm. to come alongside. Now, in the church, there can be some incredible mentor voices, adult you know, people that can other speak voices, the sa- other sure. voices that can speak the same things. But your most important mission field on the planet is your living room. Mm -hmm. Hands down, always has been that way. So as parents, you want to be intentional. And man, these little boogers don't come with instructions. You know, (laughs) that's the big joke. And there have been so many times that I've just been like, oh, I shouldn't have yelled at my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a double whammy for me because I'm trying to be a good dad. And like, a, Joe doesn't yell at his children. Oh, I yell at my kids. They've <laughs> they've they've gotten it. Trust me. Um, and then sometimes I'm like, yeah, they needed that. They needed a wake up call. And other mm-hmm. times, like, man, I lost my cool. Mm-hmm. And, but that's in those moments too, where to be real with them and say, hey, hey, I, I should not have talked to you that way, and I apologize. I don't want you to talk to me that way. That's right, and it's tough. I mean, but anyway, that intentionality. Understanding your role is to teach your children. It's it's a God given role that God's given to you, and and um, and just try to live out your faith every day. So, what about for parents who who might not feel equipped or don't feel like they are well? I can tell ready to you know tackle the spiritual conversations with yeah. their kids. Oh, I've had plenty of conversations with with parents. They're like, I I don't know. It goes like this. I don't know the Bible myself very well, but I want to get my kids some religion. You know how many conversations I've, you know, and I'm not upset by this at all. This is just normal behavior where you take somebody who was forced to go to church as a kid and then, um, oh, I don't know, junior high, high school, they weren't forced to go anymore mm-hmm. or their parents dropped out or they got mm-hmm. upset or they moved away, never found a church, whatever. They, they stopped. They stopped going to church. And then that kid went on and lived out their life and wasn't really thinking much about the Lord. But then when they have their own kids, something triggers from their childhood. Church meant something. It may not have meant something. They think later it meant something. It's like, I need to get my kids some religion. (laughs) And and so I'm I'm of the position, if that's what brought you back to church, great. All right. That's our starting point right now. You are returning back. That is fantastic. And um, But even parents who have been in the church for many years, there's this, maybe this mentality of like, well, I don't know how to do this. What, and that, that highlights a bigger issue. Really? That's probably not one for this conversation, but, but there is a biblical illiteracy in our, in our, in our country that's probably an all time low. Right. Well, we've got, I mean, we've got some resources that I want to mention to you that if, if you're a parent out there, that's like, well, I don't even know where to start or I want to, I want to learn something, you know, uh, maybe you have some time that you could, we have this resource called right now media. It's available to you as a listener. Yeah. If you're a part Um, of our church family, it's free. Yeah. So, um, we'll put that in the show notes, uh, for you to download right now media and you can have a free account through us. And what is Um, right now media for people? people that don't know. So I, the way I'm going to describe it for you is like 
Netflix for Christians. Christian it's, Netflix, it's yeah. It's got great Bible studies. It's got great videos for your kids. On every um, subject under the sun. Great resources. Our, our life group has used it. You've used it for our life group questions. Yeah. We've watched a segment, um, and then we've answered some questions afterwards. You can do a personal Bible study. Um, even stuff like If Gathering, which is a women's conference, the speakers, the whole conference, all the speakers are on it. Yeah, so all there kinds is just of content. so much content on that resource alone, like you can that be, you could spend the next three years yeah, and still not you watch can, it. All. You can be like, I want to know, I want to know more about specifically about the life of Christ, right? And they have studies on there, and they're all video based. Yeah. And you'd watch, you know, um, some of the top te- some of the top Christian teachers oh, in America, yeah. and they'll teach you through these books of the Bible, the life of Christ. Mark Moore's got all some great stuff. stuff. Kyle Eidelman, it's it's it, all it's on. one of those tremendous resources that you may have never heard about. But if you're part of our church family, you can have a, an account for free, and uh, so we'll, we'll called, link to it through the yeah, show notes. Right now, and, media, and it's a great resource, but. The next one is um, Ozark Christian College has something called Next Level. It's a college level course. They're college level courses right. that you can take for free. And I mean, none of us ever feel like, oh, I can't be a Bible scholar. But you can sit down and listen to this, take notes, do the questions, yep. learn, and and just take it in. And we'll link to it, but it's also in the show notes. But but it's at the Ozark website, and yeah. just click on the Next Level tab, and there's. All of these, just like what Kirsch was saying, college level, college professors, college level study. And I, and this is for anybody. It's like, I'm not ready to make that jump to a college level. Sure you are. Don't talk yourself out of it. And by Ozark Christian college has some of the greatest teachers that you're going to find. So good. In fact, that right now media has picked up all the next level courses and they put them on right now media as well. Um, I would say get in a life group. For sure. If you're not in a life group, get in a life group here at church. Let me just say a little bit real quick about our life group because we've we have a life group that we have in our home and we don't have family here in the area. I mean, they're they're not too far away, but this has become our family too. So not only do we meet together and and pray together and study together and um, we share a meal together every week, but they are the ones that we kind of do life together with. Our kids have become friends and they have been the ones that, you know, when we're struggling or we're going through something that we're not sure how to navigate, you know, we go to them. Those are our, that's our, our, those are some what do other they call family. Well, there are other voices that are saying <laughs> yeah, the same thing. They're sure. modeling. Um, if your kids, if you've got a junior high and high school student and they're not participating in the youth group at your church, get them involved with the youth group. Uh, that's a huge, important part of this thing. Um, Grateful that our kids enjoy it. I mean, I we both have some stories of, you know, once you get to a certain age or something, but it, it's one of those uh, great things for students to find um, friendships and learn, enjoy being a part of that group and um, their spiritual growth, having another voice. Again, our, our student ministry here is very much um, like the adult level, which is like being a group, having another voice, having a group of people around you to share. Um, well, you'll be surrounded by your peers. And, yeah. you know, we have a great youth ministry team here at New Life. and But there's a lot of great youth ministries. Wherever you are listening to this, get your kids connected that way. I would just say, you know, uh, get on a reading plan. Like if you, like well, if you're a parent and you're like, I don't even know where to start. 
Well, start reading your Bible. And there's New version has a great resource as well. So um, the Bible app, which is done by version, which is on my phone, they have great resources. I think you can even access them from the World Wide right. Web. Um, when have we used that before? But anyway, there are tons of reading plans uh, out there. And um, where I don't know if you know this, but this is a great thing from version. but the Bible, it will be read to you. So if you're not a reader, yeah. you can hit play on it and it will have, um, it, it will read the verses to you. And so then it kind of t- has this devotional that goes with it. I think the bottom line, what we're trying to communicate is, is that as a parent, you got to take serious your role of, of teaching your children, impressing upon your children, what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And, you know, I, I think about this Passover meal and all of these things and all of it together was used as a teaching tool. I think about our our Lord's Supper that we take every week. Mm-hmm. This is our New Testament equivalent to the Passover meal. Mm-hmm. What a great opportunity to teach your kids. Like, why do you eat that bread? Why do you eat that juice or drink that juice? This represents Christ's body and mm-hmm. the blood that he shed. What you know? What a great reminder and teaching tool. God has also built that into our worship as well. Why do we sing these songs? Why do we gather every week? You know, awesome opportunities to teach your children. So I would just say, be very intentional. Um, you know, pray, ask God to help you with this. Make sure you're modeling it in front of your, your children. Model your faith in Christ. Nobody has a perfect walk with Christ. We all mess up, but own our mistakes. Own them before our children. Be humble before your children. They will remember those things more than just about anything else. I, I can tell you before we're done here that there's many times growing up, of course, I've talked about my dad. I think he's like my, he's my spiritual hero, but um, I can't tell you how many times I would be walking through the living room of our house and I would see my dad in his big lazy boy chair with his Bible and his study notes on his lap and, and, and reading his Bible or even being in prayer. Uh, I saw those things. I think that maybe more than anything else spoke. I mean, I, that's what I look back on. That's what I remember. Most kids, they won't have any idea what I'm talking about, but if you're, you know, if you if you're a Gen Xer like me, you'll you, or, or you'll know. Do you guys remember the video arcades back in the day? I mean, this is before Nintendo, Xbox, any of this like, stuff. You're going way back here. I mean, you actually had to go to a video arcade. And when I was growing up, we had this arcade um, in our in our town. It was called the Nickel Arcade. Every game was a nickel. You pay like a buck or two to get in, and then a bag full of nickels. You could play for hours all the latest games. And then some of the ones that you sit in, they took two nickels. You know, it's like like, like those <laughs> those games today. There's like four bucks to play this game. No, no, no. For real, though. two two nickels. And, and, and I remember this one day, my brother and I wanted to go to the nickel arcade and my dad was like, sure, I'll take you. But I know he was really busy. He had a lot going on and he took all of his sermon study material with him as he drove us to the nickel arcade. He let us loose and my dad walks in with his briefcase and he comes up to one of these games. It's one of those where you could sit in it like a race car game mm-hmm. and it had a roof over you that you could still kind of, it didn't spin or anything. It's just, you were sitting in a car and my dad laid out his Bible, some other books, study materials across the top of that game. <laughs> and there are these kids running around all over the place. And this place is loud. There's lights spinning and the music is loud. And, and, uh, and there's my dad for several hours leaning up against that game reading his Bible, writing a sermon, studying it. And, and 
there are several things that stand out to me from that. One, I mean, he took his faith seriously, mm-hmm. but he took his family seriously too. And he's like, yeah, my kids want the nickel arcade. Let's go. I got to do this though, but I'm not going to compromise one. I'm not going to compromise the other. It was like this perfect blend of, <laughs> yeah, I'm all in with the family. I'm all in with Jesus. And, and, and for some reason that story just it, for years has stuck out that, uh, Harry was studying his Bible getting ready for a sermon in this loud nickel arcade for several hours. I bet you it was the best sermon he ever That's preached. Awesome. Had to have been. <laughs> so I would say be well, intentional. You, I was going to say, you've done similar things too, where I think just this last weekend you were um, studying your message at a wrestling tournament. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear you preaching it while you're listening to the But be, in, be intentional. Pray in front of your kids. Pray with your kids. Look for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, as you walk along the road, as you as you come along, sit yeah. down, bind them ever. Make the Lord a presence in your life. You do not have to be a Bible scholar to lead your kids to Jesus. You just have to try to live for Jesus to the best of your ability. Make sure that church is a priority. Get them in youth group. And and if you just feel like I, I need to learn more, get on a reading plan. Go, get on right now media. Do a Bible study. Get into a life group. Be very intentional. With your own walk with Jesus, your children will see it. And even if you don't think it's making a bit of difference in their lives, there will come a day they will look back and they will see the genuineness of your faith and they'll see the vulnerability and humility as you try to walk with Jesus. And there will be a ton of grace there with your kids. And one day they too will want to be like that. And it comes back to what, you know, kind of what the scripture scripture says, you know, um, teach your kids the right way. Mm-hmm. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. We hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you for listening to Under the Hood. And if you want to email us, please do so at underthehood at newlifenwa.com. You can also check out the show notes at newlifenwa.com slash under the hood. Next week, we'll not be having a podcast. We're taking a break for Thanksgiving. So we're going to go eat some turkey and eat some pie. Yeah, fried turkey, maybe. (laughs) And it's not that we don't love you. It's just we love pie. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, we're not going to be doing a podcast next week. We're all going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. Uh, We love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the link for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under, Under the, the Hood. Hood, not a car show.